Hello, welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on its bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who's passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots in homes, around tables, over food, with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, today's study continues the topic of unity as we make our journey through the book of Ephesians. We'll be in chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Let's dig in. Well, today's study, we are jumping into Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 1 through 7. And whenever Paul writes these seven verses, he writes them as one long run-on sentence. And these first few verses in chapter two actually end up being one of the greatest, most well-known, and most powerful statements on salvation that we have in scripture. But Paul doesn't actually start talking about salvation. Uh, And so I'm not going to start there either. I don't know if you've seen the Green Mile, but I've heard the Green Mile come up several times in discussions over the last uh, few weeks, which is interesting. And so whenever I came to this passage, The Green Mile was on my mind. Now, The Green Mile uh, is one of my favorite movies. It's an incredible movie, but it's also a very difficult movie to watch. There is um, a statement in there, though, that has stuck with me for years. I think it's one of the most powerful lines or phrases in the movie, The Green Mile, and there are a lot of them. And it's this idea of dead man walking. Now, the Green Mile is set in a prison, and it's set also uh, primarily on death row. And so the idea of someone living on death row and essentially having been condemned to death, but yet still not having reached that moment, has given them the title in the movie of Dead Man Walking. Dead, but still yet alive. Now, this is kind of the idea that we come to whenever Paul begins Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Now, Paul has now jumped into the deep end of a problem here, and that problem is within us, disobedience and sins. And so the problem that he points out is that we are spiritually dead or in a manner of speaking, that we are dead men walking, that we are dead women walking, that we are still alive, that at one point in our lives, perhaps even right now, we were or are dead. And so that's where Paul's going to begin. Paul's going to begin the discussion of God's saving grace by first beginning with where things are before God's saving grace, death. Verse two, you used to live in sin. And I love that Paul kind of couches it in that way as he looks to believers. He kind of sets up this dichotomy between where they were and where they are. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. So Paul's kind of created this this division or this idea that you should be different, that we should be different. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world 
obey the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. So you used to follow other leaders. You used to follow other things, thus implying now today you should be following something different. Verse three, this spirit of the powers of this world are at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So how do you know whether or not you are spiritually dead? How do you know whether or not you are a dead man walking? Well, the answer to that is easy. The answer to that is, uh, do you refuse to obey God? Now, Paul says, you know what? You can't get on your spiritual high horse here. You can't think that you're better than other people because frankly, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature, that we used to all live this way. We used to follow our own passions. We used to all follow the inclinations of our sinful nature. And, and this is kind of what was happening in Ephesus is uh, people who were supposed to be acting differently than culture were still being greedy. People uh, who were supposed to be living with sexual ethics that were different than the world we're actually living with sexual ethics that were the same or sometimes even worse than the world. And Paul is saying, no, absolutely not. That is, that is not the way of Jesus Christ. The way of Jesus Christ is, is radically different than the culture that is around us. By our very nature, verse 3, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. God was upset. God was frustrated at, at the way you live. God, hey, and, and it's not as though, and I want to say this, you, you were subject to God's anger. It's not as though God was, I think, angry with you specifically or angry with me and our personhood. God created you. God was just angry and frustrated at those things in which you were doing and living, that you hadn't yet woken up, that you hadn't yet become alive, that you were a dead man walking. And so God's angry that there is still this dead part of you that that he wants to see gone so that you can fully live, so that you can be fully human, who God created you to be. And so Paul now having said this and set up the problem, now we get to the miracle in this long, breathless, run-on sentence of seven verses. The miracle Paul is about to show us is God's mercy, and the miracle Paul is about to show us is God's love. Verse four, but God even after the ways in which we lived, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us. He loved you so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, dead in our sins, he gave us life when he raised us from the dead, when he raised Christ from the dead. And so because Christ is risen from the dead, because Christ was resurrected, you can be too. You don't always have to be a dead man walking. It doesn't go in the Christian faith from dead man walking to dead man. It goes from dead man walking to fully alive. What dies in us are the bad things. What dies in us is the evil and the sin. We are no longer subject to those powers, as Paul has just said a few verses earlier. We, we are now alive and free to follow and live with Jesus Christ. Verse 5. It is only God's grace and only by God's grace that you've been saved. You didn't earn it. You didn't do anything to deserve it. You can't buy it. You can't get a perfect attendance star at church. You can't 
get a certificate that says because you gave so much in the offering plate that you now have been saved. No, there is only one way in which you receive it. Verse five says it's only by God's grace, which is the easiest way to receive something. Grace, but one of the hardest ways to accept something. We want to do something for it. We don't tend to like things that are given to us for absolutely free with no strings attached. Verse six, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ. That Easter Sunday wasn't just Christ's big day. It was yours as well. And he has seated you, verse six says, in the heavenly realms because you're now united with Christ Jesus. Paul is now focusing here dramatically and specifically and wholly on Jesus Christ and saying that it all is because of him and because of his work. And the radical outcomes for you are all due to him. Praise be to Christ. Thanks be to Christ for the things in which we are able to receive, the ways in which we are able to live, the resurrection which we are able to experience because of the suffering that he endured on our behalf. Verse 7, so God can point to us in all future ages as the example, the incredible wealth, as, ex as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us. Think about that, that God, God uses you as a positive example. Because of Jesus Christ, because you've been resurrected, because you refuse to obey evil and instead choose to obey God, for future ages, God's going to that's going to point to you peering over the gates of heaven and say, hey, look, look down at her. Hey, look down at him. Isn't that a great example of grace and, and my kindness? Look at that. Look at the change. Look at what's going on. Look at what's going on in your life. It's shown in all he has done for us who's united with Christ Jesus. Unity. Unity with Christ Jesus. All of this comes wholly and solely because of unity with Christ Jesus. And so I think that that's the question for today. The question for today as we close is, would you say that you have unity with Christ Jesus? The fruits of the Spirit are a great way to take your temperature on that. Or Paul has given us here, is there a refusal to obey the world in which you used to live and be bound, where you were a dead man walking? Or is there now a desire to accept God's grace and God's mercy and God's love and be an example and be united with Christ? Quite simply, are you united with Christ? This Bible study from the book of Ephesians is brought to you by Christ's Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy to follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We at Christ's Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation. 
Our mission? To help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christstable.today. When you get over to christstable.today, be sure to sign up for our email list. And for those who choose to donate, well, we have a resource box that we'll send you in the mail as our thanks. Trust me, you'll like it. And by the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we continue our step-by-step study through the book of Ephesians. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website about that as well over at Christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you.